All right, welcome back to the Excel Center here in downtown Hartford, Connecticut, home of the Hartford Wolfpack, former home of the Hartford Whalers. And our score at the end of two periods is Merrimack 3, UConn 1. I'm Mike Macknick alongside John Leahy. Tonight's second intermission is brought to you, as it always is, by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Mike McMahon joins us from themacreport.com, also from neutralzone.net, College Hockey News, uh, and the Eagle Tribune. And Mike, uh, you know, for a Merrimack team that I thought played a, a pretty good game on Friday night, but came out on the short side of the ledger, if anything, they, you know, not as many shots tonight, but they might be playing better overall at, at both ends of the ice here and have a 3-1 to one lead after two. Yeah, I think at 5-5 five five they're playing better. I mean, the big thing tonight with the shots, I think, is, is the five power plays for UConn so far. has kind of kind of weighted that a little bit in their favor. I think power plays are 5-1 at this point, so that kind of you know throws the shots in one direction. But uh, shots were 10-6 at, at the end of the first, so they held UConn to just three shots in the second period and, uh, and had eight on their own. So And, and that was with killing some penalties in the second period. So, uh, yeah, I think they've looked good at 5-1-5. Five five. They've looked better tonight 5-1-5 five five than they did on Friday, and I, thought, I agree, I thought they looked pretty good on Friday. So this is two games in a row now where uh, they – I thought they played well enough to win on Friday, just just weren't able to get that, that third goal. And they've obviously played well enough to have a lead after two periods tonight, which on the road is, is really all you're looking for. Give yourself a chance. Uh, this would really make three straight now. Now, three Hockey East games since the start of the Hockey East season with that game against UNH last weekend. Uh, three straight games in which I think they played pretty well in all three of the games here and might come out with the win here tonight. But either way, um, it, it seems like maybe those first uh, you know, five non-league games, the ones that kind of set them up in a, in a way that they had, uh, you know, they were ups and downs, definite ups and downs over that stretch. Um, you know, seems like maybe that was a good thing, especially for this young team, uh, you know, young with respect to experience in Division One hockey and so many of the freshmen, uh, you know, that we've talked about so much, but gave them an opportunity to get their feet wet, make some mistakes, learn some things, and now they get into the hockey's portion of the schedule. And, and you know, like I said, they, they played pretty well here. Yeah, I think that's what you saw. I, I think you saw a bunch of guys, 16 freshmen, that are just, they were getting their feet wet those first few games, and that's to be expected. Honestly, I think it's to be expected longer than, than five non-conference games, or four non-conference games. Five, yeah, five non-conference games. Uh, I think it, it's it's reasonable to expect that it would take even longer than that, uh, just given given the the jump from a lot of the, a lot of these guys are making from juniors to, to to NCAA hockey and how quicker it is, how faster it is, how stronger the guys are. I mean, a lot of these guys last year in juniors, they're not, they're, even the, the younger guys, they're not playing against anybody older than 20 years old. Here, you could be playing against guys as old as 24. I mean, that's a that's a big big difference. A 24 year old guy who's been a college hockey player for four years, who's done all that lifting in the weight room and has gotten big and strong, is a lot different than playing against a 20-year-old junior. So I think it's fair to expect that it would even take longer than that. But really, I think since the start of the league play, uh, not only have they do they do they look like they're more comfortable, but, I mean, you look up and down the roster, and it seems like a lot of the freshmen are the ones making the, the biggest plays in the game. I mean, tonight, Liam Walsh had a big play on Friday and tonight. Mac Walsher has a goal tonight. I mean, there's a, a lot of freshmen that are making big plays. Zach Ewan has made some plays on D, even if they're not registering as points, you know. Uh, a lot of their, their younger guys are the ones that are making the big plays, and if you look at power play and penalty kill and who was out at the end of the game on Friday night, a lot of freshmen on the ice. I think there's a reason for that. You know, uh, 
John and I were were talking with Scott Bork before the game. John doing his pregame interview with Scott, and uh, you know, and then we chatted a bit after. And, and one of the things that I said that, that I've been thinking recently is that uh, you know, and, and you obviously haven't been around for a while. I wanted to get your take on this. I, it, it's been a long time since I can think of Merrimack having you know a freshman. Obviously, they have a lot of freshmen, but they have to be able to play. Also, that's the other thing. Having so many guys that are almost to a man here that. You know, these guys look like they've been here for a while. They look like they belong. They don't look like freshmen. I mean, guys making big plays, like you said, I mean, scoring goals and so on. I mean, they could be theoretically not scoring any goals, you know, but they are scoring some goals here, making some big plays, especially on the defensive side of things. It's just so, you know, it seems to be really setting the. I, I know that you want to win every game and you're looking at that, but in terms of setting this, themselves up for the future, for the rest of this year and beyond, it seems to be a pretty good foundation. I would agree. Yeah. And, and, and in terms of just number, I mean, again, this is weighted a little bit because of the fact that they have so many freshmen on the roster, but it's hard to remember a year where they've had so many freshmen making so many contributions this early in the year. There's always been one or two. I mean, Chase Greesock was obviously a contributor last year, and Brett Sini had a really good freshman year. Uh, Zach, uh, John, Johnny Kovacevic had a really good freshman year uh, four years ago at this point, three years ago. Um, but in terms of like the bulk of so many freshmen playing this well, you probably... I mean, we talk about these teams all the time, but you probably got to go back to that like 2011 team when uh, I think Brendan Ellis, uh, I don't know if he was, he may have been a freshman in 2010, but somewhere around there, somewhere between 2009 and 2011 when you had that big class where, where uh, Jordan Haywood was a freshman and, and was playing top four minutes and Brendan Ellis was a defenseman playing top four minutes and uh, Mike Collins. Mike Collins, yeah. I mean, all those guys that came in and, and really were immediate contributors right away. Uh, the, the, you, you really got to go back to then, I think, to where you had a class with so many guys in it that were making so many contributions right away. There's always been one or two. I think every team always got always has that one or two, but uh, Merrimack has a lot right now. That, that is a positive sign. And you know, another thing John and I were talking about is, you know, let's remember, they've been going here for this whole long stretch here now, like a month, uh, without three of their best players. You know, and they've been without two of them since the beginning of the year, but Greesock as well, add into the mix. Add Dockery to the mix now, because he's been yeah. out the last few games. So like, you know, and, and four right. of their best players. <laughs> right, and, and so they're doing this without those guys. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, obviously you know you're going to get Dockery back at some point. Um, does sound like he could be a little bit, but I think you'll get him at some point. Greasock sounds like he's close, hopefully. Uh, so that would be a that would be a big help, obviously. And, and even then, I mean, I think you've got guys like Ben Brar and Regan Kimmins who have kind of played on his line in his absence. Now they're playing with some more confidence and they've yeah. got more experience. So wherever they slot in when Greasock comes back, you've made those guys better players too. So uh, it, obviously you, you want to have those guys back. And uh, if you don't get Patrick Hallway back here soon, uh, you know you're going to get him in the second semester. So that'll be another boost when you go into the second half of the season. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're in position now. I, I, I like the position they're in in the sense that they're, even if they're not winning these games, they're competing in them, and they're, and they're giving themselves a chance to win, and they're doing it, with, like you said, without maybe four of their best players. Is that going to be tough? I mean, like you said, you know, it's going to take time to get back this guy, that guy, and so on, but you got guys that have been in the lineup, have worked their way in, have been getting used to play, and there have been some nights here where they played everybody that, that they could play. Yeah. But, but some of those guys who... Who now have you know have gotten in the lineup and been doing a pretty good job, just by virtue of being a numbers game. Some of those guys are now going to have to move to the stands each week. How tough is that going to be? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be tough. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be tough. You know, I, I think the the coaching staff is probably looking at it like, from a, a, a pro perspective, uh, you're going to get to the trade deadline and be making acquisitions where well, you're not really adding anybody, but you're adding guys off the injured list or guys that are becoming eligible. So, uh, if you can keep yourself competitive and in the hunt. 
now you're making additions in the middle of your year. You should be better with those additions too. That that's a positive thing. But on the flip side of that, like you said, you've got now guys that have been in the lineup that are playing well uh, that are going to be in the stands. So I, I think one thing it could do, and, and you always want this if you're a coach, uh, it's going to make those practices during the week pretty competitive because now guys are going to know, hey, when this guy gets back and this guy gets back and this guy gets back and this guy gets back, there's four more guys that are on the ice every week right now that might be in the stands. So uh, it's going to make those practices, I think, pretty competitive for ice time. So we know we know about uh, uh, Greasock, we know about Dockery, Hallway, and, and Forest Mark. Anything new in, in their front? No, unfortunately. And I think the longer this takes, you know, the, the more, from Hallway's case, I think the longer it takes, the more apt you're going to say, we're just going to see him at the second semester, which at this point isn't that far away. Uh, you know, they got a bye week in there in two weeks. So you really got two games at Northeastern, you got the, the non conference games Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I think there's a league, couple of league games in December and then a, a non league game at Union, and then you're there. You know, you're at the halfway point, really, at that point. So uh, the longer this goes, I think him in the second semester is, is probably looking likely. I have no, there's no nothing I'm, that, that I'm, I'm just my opinion. Right. Uh, Forrest Mark is still up in the air. Yeah. I guess we'll see. I know we have to run, but next week, uh, Northeastern and Craig Pantano, how do you see that playing out? Uh, you know, uh, some familiarity here, obviously, with Craig Pantano. Uh, what do you see happening next week? Yeah, it'll be a fun series. I know I, I watched their game last night against UMass, and uh, they look good. I mean, UMass just is still looking like it's going to be one of the best teams in the league, and uh, they hung in there, obviously, and I know Craig's playing well. He was just named goaltender of the month for, for Hockey East, so it'll be a fun weekend for sure. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a safe ride home. Sounds good. You too. Thanks. All right, that's Mike McMahon from the Eagle Tribune from uh, College Hockey News, themacreport.com, and uh, neutralzone.net. Uh, score here at the end of two periods. Merrimack leads UConn 3-1. We'll be back for the third period right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.